Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, here we go. This uh, 5 o'clock hour, Mickey Spagnola, DallasCowboys.com. We brought up, Craig did. The Mike Zimmer hire as defensive coordinator. Mickey is here with us today on 365 Sports with Paul and Craig and me too. Mickey, uh, was this a safe hire? Um, Was it the one you thought would be the hire once Dan Quinn took the job in Washington? Well, once I realized that um, Mike was available and, and Birdie was interested, I was like, well, they got to do this as fast as they can. Uh, because, again, you know, I, I've had people tell me, well, why couldn't they find a young coach up and coming? Well, the young coach on their staff, not so young, but up and coming that could be a defensive coordinator was Joe Witt Jr. Uh, and, you know, he would have been a candidate. But again, when Dan Quinn got the job and wanted to bring him to Washington to be his defensive coordinator, now common sense tells you, should I go work for a guy that just got a six-year deal or should I stay here and take a chance on the head coach with a one-year deal? So that kind of made me think it's going to be hard to get a young coach to leave a job that he's secure in to take this job and it better find somebody that maybe doesn't have a job. So, you know, they were interested in Ron Rivera. And then when I heard Zim and I'm going, Oh, Zim's too good. Uh, you know, he's been, he'd been here 13 years. Uh, and, and he knows the Joneses. Uh, he and Mike were somewhat familiar with each other, uh, having coached in the NFC North against each other. Years he was in Minnesota twice in two games a year. It just made so much sense, and uh, yeah, I was glad. 
I was glad to see it happening. And as an aside, how about this for a coincidence? Mike Zimmer's first uh, coaching job was as a part-time assistant, defensive assistant at Missouri in 1979. And I was there working at the paper in Columbia, Missouri at that time, and I met him 45 years ago. Wow. Mm. <laughs> so I'm biased, right? Yeah. yeah. And, but as I but as as I wrote it for my mix shots column that got posted this morning, I said it's one thing to be biased, but I'm right. So that's the way I qualified it. Mickey, uh, Aiden Dirty uh, Dirty got the uh, job in Seattle as the defensive coordinator. I was a little bit surprised um, that he didn't get promoted. But when you just said about the young coach. I think it probably makes more sense, although I do know that that's a pretty big loss in the locker room, especially for his position group. Yeah, a defensive line coach. But again, same logic, right? You're going to stay here where your boss has one year, or you're going to go where your boss has six years. Uh, and so I, I think that probably led something you know, into his decision-making. I don't know if they were going to give him the job. But then again, Put yourself in Mike McCarthy's shoes. You got one year left on your contract. You're going to take a chance on a guy that's never been a defensive coordinator, or do you want somebody that has some experience doing it? I think that factors into it too. You hate to lose them, uh, but again, you know it makes it even more difficult because now uh, you got to find a, a defensive line coach uh, for sure. Uh, I, I would imagine at some point they they likely promote Al Harris into uh, the secondary pass game defensive pass game coordinator coach, uh, not just cornerback. Uh, they really like him, and he is coming back. They finalized that. So, uh, but yeah, as as Zim said yesterday, you know I got to put we got to put a staff together before I start answering all these other questions. Mickey with us on 365 Sports. Um, why is Zimmer available, or what are some of the, if he has some holes in his resume? Uh, well, after Minnesota fired him. Right. Um, so that was after the 2021 season. Uh, I think that uh, for some family reasons, uh, he decided to sit out that year, although uh, as Dion keeps saying that, yeah, I've got Mike Zimmer as my consultant. Well, he never went to Jackson State. He consulted over the phone with Dion his last year at Jackson State and did the same thing this past year uh, with, uh, with Colorado. Uh, but he was, he, he kind of pointed out that it had to be the right place at the right time. And he said he had some, you know, nibbles that people had inquired about him becoming a defensive coordinator, uh, but he just didn't like the fit. And and some of it had to do here with, uh, first, his familiarity with the Cowboys, familiarity with Dallas. Uh, also, uh, he's got a daughter here uh, that had twins, so now he's a, a, a two-time granddad. And can be around them, and the fact that he, you know, very familiar with how Jerry and Stephen run things. 
so to him, it was just a natural that uh, this was the opportunity uh, available that he wanted to take. Mickey, the Cowboys have 18 unrestricted free agents, uh, which is uh, kind of a lot for them, I guess, um, year to year. But uh, And a lot of them could be priorities if they had more cap room than they do, and they've got to get that worked out. And that there are things that they're going to do that will. But Tyron Smith and Tyler Biotish, both on the offensive line, which one of those do you think takes priority? Um and which one do you think is most likely to be back? I think that that will come down to market value and seeing how that's established. My guess is that since Tyron has been here this long, uh, if he can find, uh, you know, if he is, you know, given somewhat of a contract that, he can live with and knowing that he's at the end of his career, I'm sure he doesn't want to go anywhere after being here since what, 2011, um, 14, this would be his 14th year with the Cowboys and he's turning 34. Uh, I would think he, uh, on a, in a very, uh, conservative contract, uh, with some uh, game, uh, you know, how many times you play in the season, bonuses, uh, I would think that would be more likely. Biotish, uh if I remember, was a third, fourth-round pick, and he probably hadn't made that much money, but having been a pro bowler, and if somebody offers him, a, a, you know, a four- or five-year deal, uh, I would imagine, you know, he's got – He's got to jump on it. It could be his last contract. You never know. So, yeah, I think Tyron, and they've got to decide if that's what they want to do uh, because, you know, the alternative is, and you got to make these decisions now here and within a month or so, is you can move Tyler Smith to left tackle and, and find a guard, which would be less expensive. Uh, so that's one of the – see, they've got – you know, you just asked – question that they got all these things they've got to solve uh with the number of free agents they have i think i figured there was eight or nine of them that are either starters or significant contributors that you would like back but again what can you afford because you don't have a heck of a lot of money especially the guys on defense because dan quinn certainly is familiar with these guys and washington's got a boatload of money uh, to spend uh, under the cap. Uh, and, you know, he might, just his familiarity with his guys on defense might entice them to, hey, I'm coming to Washington. Jordan Lewis is up. Stephon Gilmore uh, is up. Dorrance Armstrong uh, is up. So, yeah, they've got some things that this is not going to be an easy offseason and, 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 and should not, uh, with the, you know, some of the changes, for everybody to think, well, okay, they went 12 and five. Now the next step is 13 and four. Well, this is going to be a different team. Both of your running backs are free agents. Um, you got to do something there. Uh, you just mentioned the offensive line. You got to do something there. And now they've got the headache of Dak's contract. Uh, they got the headache of 
CeeDee Lamb playing on his fifth-year option, which is $17 million. You would like to sign him to an extension long-term to lessen the impact on this year. And you also got to figure out May 2nd, picking up Micah Parsons' fifth-year option for next year, which is going to be more than $20 million uh, on a one-year deal. So there's a lot of work that's got to be done to put the Humpty Dumpty back together again. Yeah, Mickey, this is kind of one of those years where if you are, um, you know, the Cowboys, you're hoping that some of those draft picks you made or the trades you made in the draft last year, to, like, for example, Eric Scott, that they hit faster uh, than, than you might have expected, just so you may not have to worry about navigating it as much. Well, I think the big one will be DeMarvian Overshell. Can, can he come back from the torn ACL as good as they envisioned him being this past year and be one of their linebackers? Uh, because you got to restock the linebacker position. I was just writing about it for tomorrow. Uh, legitimately, if you don't include Micah Parsons as a linebacker, you got one true linebacker with experience on your on your roster right now under contract, Damone Clark. There's nobody else. Tyrus Wheat was a rookie free agent last year who played 31 defensive snaps. Um, and, and they just don't have any linebackers. I mean, they finished, and that got them in trouble in the playoffs, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, interview that Micah Parsons did on his podcast with Jordan Love from the Super Bowl, and he asked him, yep, he goes, so yep. what did you guys see? And, and he basically said, well, we saw that we were, had good luck running against you last year, and I noticed that you had a – Defensive back playing linebacker, meaning Marquise Bell. And it's like, yeah, we're going to run on them. And if they can't stop the run, then they're going to have trouble with our play action. And I mean, they threw only 21 passes and scored 41 offensive points. They ran the ball 33 times for 143 yards. So, the linebacker position has to be restocked, and I don't care who the defensive coordinator is. You know, as, as Zim said yesterday, I'm not here to invent the wheel, and I'm thinking, well, but you better invent some linebackers to come and play on this team that are capable of stopping the run instead of camouflaging it with, uh, you know, converted safeties uh, into linebackers. So that's another position they really got to fortify. And again, I told you two of the cornerbacks are unrestricted free agents, and your best one is coming back from a torn ACL. So it's Deron Bland and who? So, yeah, there's a lot of work that's got to be done this offseason, and they don't have a lot of money. You know, I think, you know, what Jerry said about we're all in, well, they're always all in, but you're only all in as much as you can afford. Uh, so yeah, a lot of work to be done this offseason. All right, I got to finally uh, to to wrap up the segment with this. Can you imagine back in 1972 or so that Roger Staubach is hosting a podcast and he calls Dyron Talbert and asks him if he could come on the show and sit down with him? <laughs> yeah, things have changed, haven't they? Good God, media. Yeah, yeah, they're. They're so young, and they're you know they're the, the allegiance, and yeah, it's 
you know, and, and then but you got to have a gimmick at, on Radio Road to get on so you can talk about whatever you're, you know, marketing, and then you go in and answer questions. And and you know what? And and Jordan Love was a really hospitable guest because he hesitated to answer his question like, you know, I don't really want to talk. He goes, but since you asked, and then he went into the explanation, and he also explained how they took care of Micah Parsons yep. at one of his yep. least protective games, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to chip you with my running back. Uh, and, and and I had to get the ball out of my hands. And Micah ends up the game with two tackles, one quarterback pressure. They never sacked Jordan Love. Nope. And, and, and people are going to sit there and go, whoa, how did they give up 41 points? Well, very easily. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.